With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, Recorded live. It's not a foxtrot or a polka. It has a little bit of blue rhythm, a blue rhythm It has a meter. Okay. What was that noise? This is Thursday, January 25th, 2018, and welcome to episode number 132 of the second installment of the WWUS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. This is the one and the only NWO Wolfpack. I might start doing that. That sounds pretty good. <coughs> this is once again Mr. WCWUS, Chad Henshaw, back on the line here with you. As we get set, talk about our favorite subject of all time here in the radio network, professional wrestling. We'll get things started here uh, with, of course, a little wrestling news and views, and, of course, we'll, who will bring that tonight, our 2017 WWUS Hall of Fame News Tag Team King Ice, represented here tonight by the Iceman, J.D. Jared D. Girolamo. Of course, J.D., of course, the 2015 and 17 WWUS Hall of Famer. He's also, of course, Part of the team that brings your WWUS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoe.com. Also, my thanks to JD for providing half of our opener tonight, which is the music, which was the opening theme and the, I think, uh, ending theme to the classic uh, uh, 70s comedy Kentucky Fried movie. Great movie, by the way. Nice job, JD. Very nice. I thought so. Now, it, it, could have been, it could have been a lot better, though, than the horn. I, yeah, we could have done a lot worse. <laughs> a, lot, well, a little bit better or a little bit worse, depending on if you love that movie or not. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Also, join us through the talk show chat box, bringing us today here in wrestling history. It is the human suplex machine, John Gross. John, of course, is a, the first 2016 WWE U.S. Hall of Famer. And also another part of the Raw Radio broadcast team even from Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoe.com. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And through our live video feed here tonight, which will be coming from uh, WWFUS, the old school tradition, which you can catch at Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WWUS old school. I do see that the another 2016 Hall of Famer and also, <clears throat> and also, of course, a multiple title holder in the Trivia Championship Series 
last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, has also joined us here as well. Let's bring in J.D., John, and Ann to what will be a howling good time tonight on episode 132 of Wolfpack. And we are ready to rumble. Yes, indeed. Of course, we'll hear rumble coming up here this Sunday here, folks. Big time big time things going on. Uh, of course, a lot of things have been going on so far here with Raw and SmackDown leading up towards there. Of course, a few more things will be brought up here tonight. Uh, so we'll get and uh, <clears throat> we'll get we'll get things right we'll get right down here to it here, folks. Uh, of course, if you want to join us also through uh, TalkShoot.com, the phone number is always one seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one three eight five two one pound. Press that one if you want to chime in on anything that we have to talk about here tonight on NWO Wolfpack number one thirty two. Let's go ahead and get things going here. Of course, for as we start. Off, Start off, of course, with our wrestling news and views. And here to kick us off here, of course, from King Ice, the Iceman himself, J.D. Jared D. Drolimo. J.D., what's going on here in the wrestling news scene this evening? WWE Total Divas, for the first part of its two-part season finale that aired last night, how aired part one of it last night, and drew 609,000 viewers on E! According to ShowBuzzDaily.com, the number was up from the 593,000 viewers drawn last week. Next week will be the season finale, however, and it should be good. This season of Total Divas, of course, peaked, however, at 684,000 viewers. The latest show went over the 600,000 mark, which is the fourth time that has happened this past season. Meanwhile, however, the WWE announced, however, believe it or not, however, that this weekend, according to PW Insider, it was announced that the Philadelphia intersection of Broad Street and Patterson Way, which is right outside of the Wells Fargo Arena, the host and you, the Royal Rumble, will be renamed this week Royal Way and Rumble Road, believe it or not. Meanwhile, however, Rich Swan could be back in the WWE pretty soon, according to reports. He has been deemed clear in charges of the domestic incident that he was accused of back in December when he had an altercation with his wife, Veronica Ricks, better known as Sue Young. At the time, he had been accused of grabbing her in a headlock after she left for their car in the middle of an argument, dragging her back to the car as she screamed for help and driving away. Charges of char- charges of charged with false imprisonment, kidnapping, and battery, however, touching or striking were levied. Swanana has since recon- Swan has since reconciled with Riggs, however, and of course, uh, PW Insider reports that the charges were dropped by the prosecutor's office due to quotes insufficient evidence. WWE, of course, suspended Swan under the company's zero tolerance policy regarding domestic violence. However, he could be reinstated soon. However, now the charges are dropped, though no announcement has been made yet, though. Meanwhile, however, last night, however, on NXT, however, the WWE Network, however, the Velveteen Dream, however, took on Johnny Gargano, a.k.a. Johnny Wrestling, to see who would face Andreas Sin Almas with the number one contender spot in the bounce, however. As a result, Sin Almas, however, now will face Johnny Gargano, a.k.a. Johnny Wrestling, however, for the title this Sunday or Saturday night, however, at the Wells Fargo Arena Takeover Philly, however, and the Velveteen Dream, meanwhile, as we mentioned, however, will take on Cassius Ono, if you will, either on the pre-show, however, before the show event takes place, however, in Philadelphia Saturday night, or on the actual event itself, however, at Takeover on Saturday night. And finally, however, get ready, folks, however, it's back. Yes, folks, what are you asking this back? Huh? Why, the XFL, of course. Vince McMahon made the announcement official earlier this afternoon, however, at a press conference, however, and said that starting in January 2020, however, that, believe it or not, the new league will return. No word on what cities and teams will be named yet, however, but it looks like the XFL is on its way back after a hiatus after literally almost 15 to close to 17 um, since 2001. So, folks, we will be watching this 
very, very carefully. Oh, and one, one more thing, Howard, real quick, Howard. Sorry, I thought I had everything else. Uh, we understand that tonight, however, that the Impact Grand Championship changed hands tonight on tonight's Genesis episode of Impact Wrestling. However, believe it or not, Matt Seidel, better known to you all as Evan Bourne, defeated EC3, who could be showing up at the World Rumble this Sunday in Philadelphia, however, in a no-judges quote no judges match for the championship, marking his first reign with the title. EC3 won the title in the episode of Impact that was aired on August 3rd last year and was taped on July 5th, believe it or not. So... This might have been the last match of EC3's appearance in Impact, Global Force Wrestling or TNA Impact. And he, like we said, he could be making his WWE return debut maybe as early as this Saturday or this Sunday night at the Rumble, along with some other big names, including possibly maybe Bobby Lashley. <coughs> it, is. it will be a shocker there indeed. Thank you very much, Sir J.D. Of course, along with King and W.O. Dwarf Team Smith is King Ice, your 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team to bring you all the news that's fit to print here in the WWUS Radio Network. And, of course, if it doesn't fit, they always find a way to make it fit. And, of course, in, in the case of our good, our, our good friend GTS, Super Glue and Duct Tape, you cannot beat that big-time combination indeed. <clears throat> uh, here's what John has on tap here with the wrestling history and uh, uh, birthdays here for today, uh, January the 25th. Forty years ago today, which would put it at 1978. Hey, all right, the year I was born. Okay, Championship Wrestling from Florida presented Super Bowl of Wrestling from the Orange Bowl in Miami, Florida. The show took place a week after Super Bowl 12. That's of course the reason for the name. About 12,000 fans were in attendance in the main event. Superstar Billy Graham and Harley Race went to a one-on-one, went to a one-hour time limit, one-to-one draw, and a best-of-three falls match to unify the WWF and NWA World Heavyweight Championships. Gorilla Monsoon and Don Curtis were the guest referees. Race had Graham in a sleeper hold, but as Graham tried to free himself, his shoulders went down. Curtis began counting the fall as the time expired. That would have been something if those belts were unified. <laughs> uh, 23 years ago today, which would put it at, I do believe, 1995, yes, WCW presented Clash of the Champions 30 from Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. 21 years ago today, which would put it at, let me see, 1997. I think the venue in Caesars Palace was the one when Tillman fought Eddie Guerrero, and uh, Tillman kind of just made Bobby the Brain Heaney feel uncomfortable, if I remember correctly. I got a rap reading about that. Yeah, I think you're right there, J.D. Thank you there for, for that input. 21 years ago today, 1997, WCW presented Sold Out from the Five Seasons Center in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. 5,120 were in attendance with 170,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That's a little less than half the number of homes for, Star- for Starcade the previous month. It was a disappointing barat and perhaps the first sign that the NWO couldn't sustain, sustain itself as its own brand. Eric Bischoff planned to run two monthly pay-per-views, one for WCW and one for the NWO. The low buy rate for the show ended any chance of that happening, perhaps not helping matters. The pay-per-view took place on the day before uh, Super Bowl 31, believe it or not. As it was an NWO pay-per-view, no member of the WCW roster got their theme music played. In fact, I do remember this. They were mocked 
throughout the entire show. Eddie Guerrero would be called a Mexican jumping bean. <laughs> and NWO referee Nick Patrick officiated all, uh, all the, every single match on the card. It was indeed the worst major show of 1997. Yes, I do remember that. Yes. I, just watched some, I just watched some clips of that long ago. That was when Eddie fought six in the ladder match. Uh, we also know the Outsiders fought uh, the Steiners. The Steiners supposedly won the titles, however, and then unfortunately were forced to give the belts back two days later because originally Patrick was supposed to be the referee, but Randy Anderson, of course, counted the pin for the Steiners. And, well, let's just say... Uh, we uh, saw what happened. Right, because I said they didn't allow any WCW. Supposed not, not, not the only referee that was supposed to do it for all the matches. It said here was Nick Patrick, and apparently all the, apparently like you said, a WCW referee jumped in and made the fall. So there you go. Yeah. That, do you think that really? Do you think there was any other way that could have worked? You know, if they actually did, if, if they if if they were able to do another pay per view with an NWO theme kind of like that? Uh, I think the problem with what it was, however, first off, it was the night before the Super Bowl, like we said. It was on a Saturday night, and I remember watching the show, number one. Number two, when they did the NWO Nitro thing, however, mind you, only a month before, right before Starcade, however, uh, there was a lot of mixed emotions about it, but Bischoff didn't care. He had Ted Turner's checkbook. He could spend anything and drop everything at the drop of a dime. He could steal talent. He could tell results, however, and just really piss everyone off and keep the undercard guys down and always push guys like Hogan, Nash, and Luger, and Flair, and those guys to the moon. And they would continue to get bigger bigger uh, checks out of their uh, uh, pay, however, so to speak, however, for the match they put on or the people they went up against. However. Well, they always found a way to either shorten the guys, however, or not say shorten the guys, I should say, undercut the younger town like Ben Walk or Rara Mullink. And that's why, uh, if you remember, however, certain guys like then one of those guys felt like how it wasn't just Bischoff, it was guys like Kevin Sullivan, Terry Taylor, all those guys who just found a way to just stab them in the back, you know, they promised them everything, however, it's just, I don't know, I mean, WCW was like a rudderless ship in its uh, last years, however. Thank you very much. Here. Well, I wouldn't say it was a rudderless ship, I mean, it kind of, well, it kind of was, I should say, I mean, I mean, no Bischoff left, however, I mean, it was a rudder, I mean, it was really having, I mean, Bischoff didn't care, like I said, who he pissed off, who he stepped on toes with, however. He could, uh, like I said, I mean, have guys like Hogan, Nash, and like I said, and Sting and Luger and those guys, and Savage on him, kiss his backside or make sure they give decent paychecks. But when it came to guys like Guerrero, I mean, you saw what Eddie did the one time he threw, like, uh, supposedly uh, we heard the stories about Bishop throwing coffee on uh, Eddie Guerrero because uh, he didn't tr- like Eddie Guerrero. And Benoit, I don't know if he always uh, trusted Benoit, but he would always think, bringing the talents from Mexico, Japan, uh, all over the world. And some of them were good and successful in other places, not just in WCW, but they went other places too, or in their own federation, like other leagues like WWE or WWF, uh, ECW, and other places. But I don't know, just, I think the real problem with WCW began, and I said it before, how it really just, it went south, how as soon as Vince Russo stepped in, how that's when the real, trouble began. I think a lot of people would say that was the real turning point of the company and it just went That's a very good point there, J.D. Thank you very much. Uh, 19 years ago today, we put it at 1999 from Phoenix, Arizona on Rawls War, Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett won the WWF tag team titles over Ken Shamrock and the Big Boss Man. 
The win made Owen a four-time tag team champion. Sadly, though, this would be Owen's last ever title reign, as sadly he passed away four months later in May of 1999 in Kansas City. We all remember what happened there. Yes. After winning the 1999 Royal Rumble, Vince McMahon announced that he would waive his right to challenge for the WWF title at WrestleMania 15. The title shot was gifted to Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was the runner-up in the Royal Rumble match. Austin himself gave up the right to exchange for one match with Vince McMahon in a steel cage match. McMahon agreed to it. Austin would beat McMahon in a steel cage match at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, despite interference from the Big Show, who I think, as I'm not mistaken, this was the this was the Big Show's uh, technically his debut, wasn't it? Yeah, when he showed up, yeah, at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, yeah, because I have the. I have the Big Show's DVD, how I remind you, and, and Giants World, and they, I think that was when he made his debut. I think it was, yeah, in Memphis. Yeah, 1999. Yeah, I think he tore through the, the, the ring there. And, yeah, he was underneath the ring, yeah. All right. Also, in the show's main event, The Rock retained the title over Triple H in an I quit match. It took a little trick for The Rock to, to retain. The corporation held China hostage with the group agreeing to let her go only if Triple H quit. And he did. But after the match, Triple H was ready to confront Kane. China yeah, he defeated Mr. McMahon. It was a short match. I'm looking here real quick. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, it says here how after delivering, it says, yeah, after delivering a Stone Cold Stunner to him, Austin began to further taunt man Paul McWhite, making his WWE debut, then entering by tearing a hole in the canvas and climbing through it. He then threw Austin in the cage several times. After checking on McMahon, he was given an instruction to throw Austin in the cage. This time he threw him under the cage with such force that the entire panel swung open. Austin was, Austin was able to drop to the floor and then get a title shot against the Rock, however, unbeknown, not making. Vince Happy into WrestleMania 15. Oh, that's right. I do remember. I do recall that. Thank you very much, here, JD. <clears throat> but of course, uh, the corporation held China hostage with the group agreeing to let her go. Only Triple H quit, and he did. But after the match, Triple H was ready to confront Kane. China attacked Triple H from behind and severed her ties to DX and the corporation. 18 years ago today, would put it at two, the year 2000. At a WCW Thunder taping in Las Vegas, Kevin Nash stripped Sid Vicious of the WCW World Heavyweight title and awarded it to himself. Nash stated that Sid pinned the wrong Harris brother during a qualifying match for the world title shot that prior night. Sid would fortunately win the world title again in a caged heat match to defeat Nash and Ron Harris. Sid would, would then be stripped of the title in April of 2000. Of note, including vacations, this would be the seventh WCW world title change in nine days, dating back to sold out. Hmm. Fourteen years ago today, we put it at 2004, WWE presented the Royal Rumble from the Wachovia Center in Philadelphia. Now, that's, that's, what's the, that's the Wells Fargo Center now, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure it is. Wachovia, that, it, it, that's right, because they changed names. That's right. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was thinking about that. Okay. Yeah. It's in Philadelphia, so yeah. Okay. Um, seventh. No, no, didn't mean to cut you off there, JD. I was thinking. I was thinking out loud. <laughs> no, I think seventh, you're right. I'm pretty sure you're right with the name of the arena. I'm going to check real quick. Because, 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 well, I think Wachovia, when they merged with uh, Wells Fargo, they all became Wells Fargo because we have a branch down here near near my neck of the woods. It used to be a Wachovia, but now it's a Wells Fargo. So, I mean, yeah, I know in Philly, uh, right. 
I'll wait just a minute while you check that out. Well, as far as center, yeah, uh, let's see here. Uh, it was, let's see, if, uh, da, 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 da. hold on a second, I'm checking on this. They've had the survivors. I'm looking at all the events that have been held there. It's been open since August of 1996, however, mind you, the naming rights. Here we go. Uh, yeah, here it is. However, the contract has gone through multiple hands due to various bank mergers, first by Union, first by first Union Bank in 1998, Wachovia in 2003, and currently by Wells Fargo in July 2010. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Right, because I used to bank at First Union, and then when they merged with Wachovia, I'd start banking at Wachovia, and then when they merged with Wells Fargo, they actually took my account away from me, and I didn't even realize it. Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. the uh, construction yeah. cost, it opened dollars from last from uh, this last year. Ah. Okay, thank you very much, and it's, it's, Like I said, for pro wrestling, usually nineteen thousand five fourteen. So they should have a pretty, they should have pretty good crowds the next four this weekend. I mean, with all four of those crowds in there, like I said, however, and uh, like I said, however, uh, so uh, the biggest city, uh, I can't see it. I'm uh, looking here. For the for basketball seats twenty thousand four seventy eight. Like I said, it's held WrestleMania fifteen, Unforgiven two thousand, the Survivor Series of six, Night of Champions of nine, Money in the Bank thirteen. The Rumble, this will be the third time it's hosted there, and Battleground last year as well. So it's hosted a lot of events there. I mean, Philly's been, a, like I said, we know the tradition of Philadelphia. I mean, even before WWE, I mean, like I said, they used to do shows. We all know the Spectrum. We talked about that many times over, and our good friend Gary Petty used to call the shows over Spectrum Wrestling for, like, from the, I think it was the mid-70s, like, 74, 75 through, like, the... 80s, like 81, 82, or 83, or 84. I mean, they used to always do once a month shows there in Philadelphia at the Legendary Spectrum. The NWA always did shows at the NWA Civic Center. We know Halloween Havoc was there in 92. But of course, when you talk Philly, you talk about three simple words E C W yes. on Swanson Render, the home of Extreme. Ooh, okay. I like that one. Not nice touch there, JD. Yes, indeed. Of course, that this is back in 04. They presented the Royal Rumble from the Wachovia Center in Philadelphia. 17,289 were in attendance with 500,000 homes watching on pay-per-view, down from 585,000 from the 03 edition. Hmm. The show featured a triple main event with Brock Lesnar retaining the, the WWE title over Hardcore Holly. This was Brock's last Rumble appearance, of course, until 2014. Also, a last-man-standing match for the World Heavyweight title between Triple H and Shawn Michaels. The match ended in a draw as they were unable to make the count after Michaels couldn't reach his feet after he hit the sweet chin music on Triple H. And also the Royal Rumble match. And, of course, John says, as usual, here are the eliminations and entrances for the 04 Rumble. <clears throat> Number one was Benoit. He lasted an hour and 30 seconds, eliminated Mark Henry, Bradshaw, Rhino, Matt Morgan, A-Train, and the Big Show, and he won the Rumble match. Number two was Randy Orton. He lasted 33 minutes, eliminating Booker T, Rikishi, Shelton Benjamin, The Cat, and Rico. Now, as of The Cat, I think they're talking about Ernest Miller, I would think. And Rico, before being eliminated by Mick Foley. Number three was Mark Henry. He would be eliminated by Chris Benoit. And of note, this would be Henry's first Rumble match since 1999. Number four was Tajiri. He was eliminated by Mark Henry and Rhino. Number five was Bradshaw. He lasted a second a minute and 38 seconds, and was the first man eliminated by Chris Benoit. Number six was Rhino. He eliminated Tajiri before being eliminated by Benoit. 
Number seven was Matt Hardy. He would be eliminated by Renee Dupree. Have heard that name in a long time. Number eight was Scott Steiner. This was his first Royal Rumble match since 1994. He would be eliminated by Booker T. Huh. Two former WCW rivals. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my goodness. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, number nine was Matt Morgan. He eliminated the Hurricane until he was eliminated by Benoit. Number 10 was the Hurricane. He lasted 14 seconds for being eliminated by Matt Morgan. Uh, number 11 was Booker T. He eliminated Scott Steiner and Kane before being eliminated by Randy Orton. Number 12 was Kane. He dominated the Rumble until he was distracted by the Undertaker, Undertaker's gong, and that allowed Kane to be eliminated by Booker T. Number 13 was Spike Dudley. He didn't make it to the ring as Kane attacked Spike after his elimination. <clears throat> Number 14 was Rikishi. He eliminated Renee Dupree until being eliminated by Randy Orton. Number 15 was Renee Dupree. He lasted 33 seconds, eliminating Matt Hardy until he was eliminated, until, of course, uh, Dupree himself was eliminated by Rikishi. The match would list Rikishi's 10th, make Rikishi, this would be Rikishi's 10th Royal Rumble appearance, by the way, since his debut in 1993. Number 16 was A-Train. He lasted a minute and 44 seconds until being eliminated by Benoit. Number 17 was Shelton Benjamin. He lasted 37 seconds until he was eliminated by Randy Orton. Number 18 was Ernest Miller. He lasted 56 seconds until he was eliminated by Randy Orton. Number 19 was Kurt Angle. He was in the final three, lasting 29 minutes, eliminating Goldberg until he was eliminated by the Big Show. Number 20 was Rico. He was eliminated by Orton. Number 21 was supposed to be Test, but due to a backstage incident, Test was attacked, and Stone Cold confronted the man, confronted confronted the man, and told him that he was number 21. Well, the 21 entrant turned out to now to be Mick Foley, Foley's first Royal first Rumble appearance since 2000, and his first Royal Rumble match since 1998. Foley eliminated Randy Orton and himself, and then continued to brawl in the middle of the Rumble match until retreating backstage. Number 22 was Christian. He was eliminated by Chris Jericho. 23 was Nunzio. He lasted three minutes in the ring before he could make it. Before, but before he would make it to the ring, he stayed outside of the ring after he received the mandible claw by Mick Foley, and he stayed out of the ring until the number 28 entry, John Cena, tossed him in the ring. Goldberg would eliminate Nunzio. Number 24 was the Big Show, and he was a runner-up just like in, just like in 2000. But he, of course, eliminated Chris Jericho. Kurt Angle, John Cena, and RVD, but not before being eliminated by, uh, of course, Chris Benoit. Number 25 was Chris Jericho. He eliminated Christian and lasted in the final four before being eliminated by the Big Show. Number 26 was Charlie Haas, and he was eliminated by Goldberg. Number 27 was Billy Gunn. This was his return to the WWE since September of 2003, and his first Rumble match since 2002. He was eliminated also by Goldberg. Number 28 was John Cena. He was in the final six, but was eliminated by the Big Show. Number 29 was RVD. <clears throat> he was eliminated by the Big Show. Number 30 was Goldberg. He eliminated Nunzio, Billy Gunn, and Charlie Haas, but was, but was eliminated by Kurt Angle. <laughs> That's it. Before Goldberg was eliminated, he would be attacked by Brock Lesnar. After Lesnar doing with the F5, Goldberg got up and told Lesnar he was next. That would be Goldberg's 
final rumble appearance until, of course, last year, 2016. The win in the number one spot made them while the second man to win the number one entrance. The first man that did it was Tom Michael in 1995. Always a producer. <laughs> that's that, that that was another one of his Billy Gunn's great themes right there. Yes. Yes. Benoit's sixty one minute and thirty second run would be the rumble record for longevity for just two years, but Rey Mysterio would break it in two thousand and six. Nine years ago today would put it at two thousand nine, Mickey Rourke appeared on Larry King Live to promote the movie The Wrestler and also made a challenge to Chris Jericho at WrestleMania twenty five. Rourke did appear at WrestleMania 25 and attacked Jericho after Jericho had won a match against Roddy Piper, Ricky Steamboat, and Jimmy Snuka. That same day, WWE presented the Royal Rumble from the Joe Lewis Arena in, Detro- <clears throat> in the Detroit, Michigan. 16,685 were in attendance with 450,000 homes watching on pay-per-view, down from 33,000 homes for the 08 event. And there were two title changes. First off, Melina defeated Beth Phoenix to capture the women's title, and Edge defeated Jeff Hardy to win the WWE title. That that was Edge's seventh, excuse me, world, excuse me, seventh world championship win. And plus, Jeff Hardy would be attacked by his brother Matt Hardy, with Matt Hardy hitting him with a chair as they were trying to prepare a, a concerto on Edge. <clears throat> and here are the 2009 Royal Rumble eliminations and entrances. Number one was Rey Mysterio. He lasted 49 minutes and eliminated Mark Henry until it being eliminated by the Big Show. Number two was John Morrison. He was eliminated by Triple H. Number three was Carlito, and number four was was in number four was MP, MVP, and number five was the Great Khali. All three of them were eliminated by Vladimir Kozlov. Number six was Kozlov, and he eliminated Carlito, MVP, and the Great Khali before his dominance. And it was stopped by the Royal's dominance was stopped by Triple H. Number seven was Triple H, and he lasted in the final two until being eliminated by Randy Orton. Oh, and here are Triple H's eliminations, by the way. He he eliminated John Morrison, Vladimir Kozlov, Ted DiBiase, The Miz, Cody Rhodes, and the Brian Kendrick, and he Kendrick, and he lasted 49 minutes as well. Interesting. Number eight was Randy Orton. He eliminated Kane, Big Show, and Triple H. And he lasted 48 minutes and 27 seconds and won the Rumble match. Number nine was JTG. He would be eliminated by The Undertaker. Number 10 was Ted DiBiase, and he lasted in the final four and lasted 45 minutes eliminating Kane before he was eliminated by Triple H. Number 11 was Chris Jericho. He lasted 37 minutes and he eliminated RVD before he was eliminated by The Undertaker. This was Jericho's first Rumble match since 05. Number 12 was Mike Knox. He lasted 32 minutes before being eliminated by the Big Show. Number 13 was The Miz, who was eliminated by Triple H. Number 14 was Finley. He lasted 29 minutes, but was eliminated by Kane. Number 15 was Cody Rhodes. He was in the final three. He eliminated Goldust and Kane, but was eliminated by Triple H. Number 16 was The Undertaker. He eliminated JTG, Shelton Benjamin, and Chris Jericho, but was eliminated illegally by the Big Show. Number 17 was Goldust, and he was eliminated by, by his own brother, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, believe it or not. 
Goldust lasted a minute and 11 seconds. Goldust's first Royal Rumble match since 06. Number 18 was CM Punk. He eliminated William Regal, but he was but Punk was eliminated by the Big Show. Number 19 was Mark Henry. He lasted three minutes before being eliminated by Rey Mysterio. Number 20 was Shelton Benjamin. He was eliminated by The Undertaker. Number 21 was William Regal. This was Regal's first Rumble match since 01, but he was eliminated by CM Punk. Number 22 was Kofi Kingston. He was eliminated by D. Brian Kendrick. Number 23 was Kane. He eliminated Dolph Ziggler, Santino Morella, and Finley, but was eliminated by Legacy. Number 24 was R-Truth. He was eliminated He was eliminated by The Big Show. Number 25 was RVD. This was RVD's first match back in the WWE since December of 07 on Raw when he took on Santino Morella. He was eliminated by Chris Jericho. This would, be R- this would be RVD's final WWE appearance until his return at Money in the Bank in July of 2013. Number 26 was D. Brian Kendrick. He eliminated Kofi Kingston before being eliminated in, <clears throat> by Triple H after only being in there for 15 seconds. Number 27 was Dolph Ziggler. He was eliminated by Kane in a record-setting 21 seconds. 28 was Santino Morella and was eliminated in one second by Kane. Santino actually broke the Warlord's record. The Warlord entered the Rumble in 1989, but was eliminated in two seconds by Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Number 29 was Jim Duggan. He was eliminated by The Big Show. That was Duggan's first Rumble match since 1992. Number 30 was The Big Show. He eliminated Rey Mysterio, Mike Knott, CM Punk, R-Truth, Jim Duggan, and The Undertaker illegally. Fifteen men stayed in the Royal Rumble match, believe it or not. Three years ago today, which we put it at 2015, WWE presented the Royal Rumble from the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. (laughs) 17,164 were in attendance with 145,000 homes buying the event via traditional pay-per-view. The event also made history as it was broadcast via WWE Network for the first time. The event is noted for its very strange dichotomy. The WWE Championship Triple Threat match would be one of its most praised bouts of the year. The bout finished fifth in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards for Match of the Year, while the rest of the card, especially the Royal Rumble match, brought the show down so hard it is now cited as among the worst wrestling events in history and was voted the second worst major show of 2015. The top trending topic worldwide on Twitter was hashtag cancel WWE Network with a lot of with so many subscribers canceling the service. But WWE in response announced that the streaming service surpassed the 1 million subscriber mark two days after the Royal Rumble event, an announcement some found suspicious. Also, Mother Nature reacted negatively negatively to the result of the Royal Rumble. Raw would be canceled due to, due to inclement weather for the first time in the show's history. SmackDown, that was scheduled to be taped Tuesday, was moved to a live taping that Thursday. And yes, Brock, Cena, and Rollins had a good triple threat match for the title with Brock retaining. And of course, here are the entrances and eliminations for that match. Number one <clears throat> was The Miz. And number two was R-Truth. Both was eliminated by Bubba Ray Dudley. Number three was Bubba Ray Dudley. This would be Bubba's first Rumble match and his first Rumble appearance since 04. 
He eliminated the, the Miz and our truth but he was eliminated, but Bubba Ray was eliminated by Bray Wyatt. Number four was Luke Harper. He was eliminated by Bray Wyatt as well. Number five was Bray Wyatt. He lasted 47 minutes, but of course he also eliminated Luke Harper, Bubba Ray Dudley, the Boogeyman, Sin Cara, Zack Ryder, Eric Rowan, and Daniel Bryan, or he was eliminated by Kane and the Big Show. Number six was Curtis Axel, but he was attacked during his entrance when Eric Rowan attacked him. This would be the first time that somebody got attacked during the Royal Rumble entrance. The first time anyone did that was at the 05 Royal Rumble when Muhammad Hassan, in a fit of rage, after being eliminated, attacked Scotty Tuhati and forced him out of the Rumble match. Rowan would be eliminated by Bray Wyatt. Number seven was the Boogeyman. This was the Boogeyman's first Rumble appearance since 06 before he, be, before he was eliminated by Bray Wyatt. Number eight was Sin Cara. He lasted 50 seconds before being eliminated by Bray Wyatt. Number nine was Zack Ryder. He lasted 47 seconds before he was also eliminated by Bray Wyatt as well. Number 10 was Daniel Bryan. He eliminated Tyson Kidd and lasted 10 minutes until being eliminated by Bray Wyatt. Number 11 was Fondango. He, was, he would be eliminated by Rusev. Number 12 was Tyson Kidd. He was eliminated by Daniel Bryan. Number 13 was Stardust. He was eliminated by Roman Reigns. And number number 14... What was that? What, that noise? Yes. Remember the movie Flight of the Navigator? Oh, yeah. I've seen that movie. That's a quote in one of the funnier parts of the movie. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Um, number 13 was Stardust. He would, be, he would be eliminated by Roman Reigns. Number 14 was DDP. His first WWE Rebel match since 2002. He was eliminated by Rusev. Number 15 was Rusev. He lasted 35 minutes eliminating DDP, Fondango, Kofi Kingston, Adam Rose, Big E, and Damian Mizdow. He lasted in the final two before being eliminated by Roman Reigns. Number 16 was Goldust. He, too, was eliminated by Roman. Number 17 was Kofi. He was eliminated by Rusev. Number 18 was Adam Rose. He would be eliminated by Rusev as well. Number 19 was Roman Reigns. He eliminated Stardust, Goldust, Kane, Big Show, and Rusev, and won the Royal Rumble. Number 20 was Big E. He was he would be eliminated by Rusev. Number 21 was Damian Mizdow. He lasted a minute and seven seconds, but he was also eliminated by Rusev. Number 22 was Jack Swagger. He would be eliminated by the Big Show. Number 23 was Ryback. He would be eliminated by the Big Show and Kane. Number 24 was Kane. He eliminated Bray Wyatt. Ryback, Dean Ambrose, and Dolph Ziggler and lasted in the Final Four before being eliminated by Roman Reigns. This would be Kane's first time in the Final Four since 08. Number 25 was Dean Ambrose. He eliminated Titus O'Neil with Roman Reigns, but was eliminated by Big Show and Kane. Number 26 was Titus O'Neil. He almost broke Santino's record, but still lasted four seconds before being eliminated by Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. Number 27 was Bad News Barrett. He was eliminated by Dolph Ziggler. Uh, number 20 was Cesaro. He was eliminated by Ziggler. Number 29 was Big Show. He was elimin he eliminated Ryback, Ambrose, Swagger, Ray Wyatt, and Dolph Ziggler, where he was eliminated by Roman. The first time Big Show made it to the final three since 04. And number 30 was Dolph Ziggler. He eliminated Cesaro and Barrett, 
before being eliminated by the Big Show and Kane. And if I'm not mistaken, I think how Roman won that, I think he had a little bit of help from his cousin, Barack, I believe. Uh, I'm not too much mistaken. Uh, John's checking to see if we have any birthdays here for today. Check on that. Excuse me there, folks. I'm here. I was just drinking something. Excuse me. Mmm, uh, boy. Nathan, three. Oh, we have, we have a couple birthdays here. John's mentioned here. I think he's still checking on some, but we got two we can go ahead and tell you about. <clears throat> the Honky Tonk Man turned 65 years old today. Michelle McCool, the wife of The Undertaker, turns 37 today. She looked pretty darn good Monday night. Very good indeed. Um, and John said that's all he's got for the rest of history and birthdays for today. Thank you very much, there, John. <clears throat> and uh, J.D., thank you very much for providing us with the rest of the news and views here for tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. 1724-444-7444. Call ID 138-521-POUND. This is episode number 132 of NWO Wolfpack for Thursday, January 25th, 2018. Uh, Mr. WSW Chad Henshaw, the Iceman, J.D. Girolamo, and the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, here with you. Uh, <laughs> John was reporting that he was going to take the Browns to the Super Bowl. I can't even So, uh, <clears throat> while he does that, let's go ahead and uh, let you know here, folks, tomorrow night, it's going to be an action-packed episode of Revolution here, ladies and gentlemen. And let me go ahead and run it all down here for you. Of course, tomorrow night, our live video feed will be from our tribute group, the Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, FMWUS, Honor Thy Frontier. Uh, of course, J.D. will have you the latest wrestling news and views. Uh, John will have you, of course, the latest uh, history and birthdays for tomorrow. But we will have two big things taken care of. Excuse me. We'll, we'll definitely be taking care of here tomorrow. Um, in no particular order here, folks. We will finally have, of course, a trivia championship matchup that we've been hyping up here for quite for quite a little bit here now. Because she was unable to make it to the fatal uh, five-way match last week for the AWA US World Heavyweight Title, which we had to, we had to make it a fatal four-way. Uh, the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds will look to get another another chance at, a, at some gold here, folks, when she takes on the AWA US World Heavyweight Champion, the Iceman Jared DiGirolamo, tomorrow night <clears throat> under Wrestling Jeopardy rules. It will be a big top event here indeed. And also here, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow night, and we're still not going we're still going to wait till tomorrow night to do this. We are going to announce, ladies and gentlemen, our your our inductees. For the, two, for the 2000 for the WWUS Hall of Fame class of 2018, uh, some very good, great names going in here this year, <coughs> and we are looking forward to. I'm looking definitely looking forward to uh, now uh, making the announcement here uh, tomorrow night here on Revolution. <coughs> so be listening on here tomorrow night from nine to eleven. And also right tomorrow night, I will be making my predictions to take over and the Rumble. Okay, that's right. 
Yes, J.D. and John will definitely be making their predictions for, as J.D. said, for the TakeOver event, uh, NXT TakeOver event this coming Saturday night, as well as, of course, the Royal Rumble on Sunday. Uh, I'm sure we'll also hear from the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, on that, too, about the matches that will take place <coughs> um, on, on both events. Uh, we have not heard if there will be any special WWUS Radio Network programming Saturday night around the time of the uh, NXT event, but we'll definitely try to find out and hear everyone apprised of this uh, sometime between Revolution tomorrow night and, and Power Hour to, uh, Saturday afternoon. We'll keep everybody informed of this as soon as we possibly can. <clears throat> so, And, of course, also speaking of the Royal Rumble, like we said, this Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m., be sure to, be sure to join us here, of course, for our prediction show for the 2018 Royal Rumble, of course, a special edition of WWUS Revolution, 138055-pound. We will give you our thoughts and opinions on, on, on all the matches that will be taking place and, and let you know about who we think will pull off the win in each one, of course, including the title matches and, of course, the men's Royal Rumble match and the women's Royal Rumble match as well. So, uh, no doubt it will be, uh, will be, very, it will be, a, it will be a big-time weekend here, folks. Like I said, in terms of wrestling here, of course, in the WWS Radio Network, we're starting tomorrow night. We're here with Revolution with our Trivia Championship match and our Hall of Fame uh, induction announcement, as well as, of course, uh, Power Hour this Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. Hopefully we'll be having some uh, – uh, we'll be, uh, be able to bring you a rundown of the NXT show Saturday night. And, uh, of course, Sunday will be our prediction show for the Royal Rumble. So be listening, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, as we as we have been advertising here for two years, the WWUS Radio Network is indeed your wrestling connection, indeed. <clears throat> well, let's see here. Uh,
stand by here when I need to check a message here right fast. Uh, nope, it's not it. Man turned 65 and Michelle McCool turned 37. She doesn't look it though. No, she doesn't. And the Honky Tonk Man 65. Yes. I think this call. He's still. He's he's cool, he's cocky, he's bad. Is he still that way? I think so. And of course, he's relations to Jerry the King Lawler. I think it's his cousin, if I'm not mistaken. I heard something about that. Um, but this calls for one thing and one thing only. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can dig it up here. Okay. I got it. Okay, here we go. Surprised too. While we're while we're um, while I'm, while I'm trying to determine what else we'll do next here in just a minute, uh, one thing I wanted to happen to know is, is that I was glad to see a lot of familiar female faces here it's for the first time in a, in a long time. But there was one that, that we did not see, and unless I don't know if there was any sort of commitment or what that she had or whatever. What, but I was surprised I didn't put, bring Lita out. Yeah, Lita said she was contacted, and in the last minute something came up. But now the Honky Tonk Man, we got another great moment for you all. And this is going to be making you laugh. Okay, here we go. I found it now. Two and one.
And down he goes with the guitar shot by Kane. <laughs> no, jeez. Oh, yeah, John was, was commenting there, J.D., on the moment that you played right there. I think it was the 01 Royal Rumble when he sang a song until he was eliminated by Kane. John doesn't think Kane likes the song, but he must say Kane El Kabong, the honky-tonk man. <laughs> J.D., hmm. I was telling you, John made a comment on the thing you just played. Which is? He said the old, I think it was from the O one Royal Rumble. Yeah. When he when he sang a song until he was eliminated by Kane. Yeah. John believes that Kane does not like a song. Yeah. But John must say that Kane El Kabong, the honky tonk man. Yeah, he did. Uh. I just saw when maybe did with the Undertaker. Oh, I did not realize, but, oh. Sorry about this, folks, but apparently must have, did not realize this, but we lost our live video here. Stand by here, episode 132 of Wolfpack Morgan, so we can, we can get the video back. Uh, I don't know.
I think what we'll do right here is uh, I see John has made it back on. So, if JD, if you and John would like, uh, we can. Uh, We can uh, do a little. Um, we can do once again do a little Royal Rumble trivia. If that's okay with both y'all. What's that? We can do some Royal Rumble trivia. That works for me, however. Okay. Uh, John, are you okay with that, bud? So I'm going to ask you the big question. I think I'm going to ask Kevin a question. Who would have win in a battle of singing? Elias or the Honky Tonk Man? I think Honky Tonk would. I think Elias would. Well, let's say John can do the tiebreaker. John, I said the Honky Tonk Man. JD said Elias. Well, he's actually going to agree with you, uh, J.D. He says Elias would be. John does say the Honky Tonk Man is a good singer, but uh, but you're not going, John. You're not going to hurt my feelings. You say whatever you feel there, but so. uh, let's see. Ah, okay. Let's see here. Uh. Okay, um, yeah, the Royal Rumble from, uh, let's see, 02, from 1990, 91, 97, 09, uh, ooh, the first one, 1988, 89. That would be, let's try, uh, what is it, uh, 97. The Royal Rumble 97, oh, that was a good one, okay. This is the whole event. It's not just a match. It's the whole event. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, uh, that's okay. No, I understand, John. You, you, went with, you went with your guy. There you go. So I do appreciate you telling me. No problem. Okay, gentlemen. <clears throat> Here we go. Like I said, there are 10 questions. Your average score is 6 out of 10. I think you might be able to do a little bit better than that. So. All right, here we go here. Here we go. Question number one. Where did Royal Rumble 97 take place? Was it San Antonio, Texas, San Jose, California, Chattanooga, Tennessee, or Springfield, Massachusetts? J.D., I'll ask you first. San Antonio. John? John also said San Antonio. Okay, we'll check that answers in just a minute. Number two. Who did Goldust fight at the 97 Royal Rumble? Was it Mankind, Ahmed Johnson, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, or Owen Hart? J.D.? I want to say Triple H. Triple H. John? John also said Triple H as well. Okay, so we'll say that. Question number three. Who defeated Farouk at the 97 Royal Rumble? What is, is it the British Bulldog, Ahmed Johnson, Salvia Vega, or Flash Funk, J.D.? What's that? Who defeated Farouk at the 97 Royal Rumble? Farouk defeated, if memory serves me correctly. How who, no, who, defeated, who, 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 who defeated Farouk? Uh, 
Oh, who defeated Farouk? Yes, British Bulldog, Ahmed Johnson, Salvia Vega. Ahmed Johnson. St. Ahmed, John. I love the way Howard Finkel announced his name. Ahmed Johnson. Yes. I love the way he did that. Question number four. Who attacked The Undertaker during his match with Vader at the 97 Royal Rumble? Was it Jerry the King Lawler, Mankind, Paul Bearer, or Kane, J.D.? I'm going to say Mankind. Mankind. John. And John says Paul Bearer. So we have to do this one more time. We're going to do a little. little we're going to do a little back and forth. Whichever it lands on, we'll go with that answer. JD, you say mankind. John says Paul Bearer. Here we go. We landed on Paul Bearer, so we will go with Paul Bearer. All right. All right question number five. Who did Shawn Michaels defeat to win the WWF title? Was it Yokozuna, Diesel, Mankind, or Psycho Sid, J.D.? Sid. Was Sid. Uh, John? John says, also says Sid. We'll go with Psycho Sid right there. All right. Question number six. Who accompanied Shawn Michaels to ringside for his match against Sid? Was it Sensational Sherry, Jose Lothario, Vince McMahon or Triple H, JD? Jose Lothario. John? John also says Jose. Jose, can you? Okay, sorry. (laughs) That's terrible. Question number seven. Who's your number one in the 97 Royal Rumble? Was it the Bulldog, Crush, Owen Hart, or Ahmed Johnson, J.D.? Crush. Same Crush. John? Is that Orange Crush or Great Crush? That was Orange. Hmm? That was Orange. There you go. John, your son? And both say Crush. Let me take care of that. And hold on for one second here, guys. Let me check. I got to check a quick message here. Um, Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, both of y'all say crush it, and, and we'll... Excuse me. Put that in. Oh, excuse me. Question number eight. How many superstars did Stone Cold Steve Austin eliminate from the 97 Royal Rumble? One, ten, 
5 or 12 A.D.? 10. You say 10. John? John also says 10. We'll say that right there. Question number 9. Which superstar lasted the shortest amount of time in the ring at the 97 Royal Rumble? Was it Ahmed Johnson, Jerry Lawler, Bart Gunn, or the Latin Lover, J.D.? <laughs> Lawler. Saying Lawler, John. John also says Lawler as well, so we'll say that. And the final question here. Who won the 97 Royal Rumble? The Rock, Stone Cold, Bret Hart, or The Undertaker? J.D.? Austin. Saying Austin? Okay. Uh, John? John also says Stone Cold. Let's check the answers and let's see how we did. All right. Question number one, where did the Royal Rumble take place in 97? Yep, it was in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. Question number two, who did Gold Dust fight at the 97 Royal Rumble? Well, y'all had this. It was, in fact, Triple H or Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Number three, who defeated Farouk? Both of y'all were correct. It was Ahmed Johnson. Number four, who attacked the Undertaker during his match with Vader? J.D., you said Mankind. John said Paul Bearer. It was Paul Bearer, actually, that attacked. Oh, no! If you remember, Paul Bearer came down during the match and he hit the Undertaker in the head with the urn. And and then I think both of them were actually, Vader and Paul Bearer walked out together. So I think we determined, they determined later on that, that Paul Bearer would become Vader's man, new manager, I think. Uh, number five, who did Shawn Michaels defeat to win the belt? Yes, it was indeed Psycho Sith. Number six, who accompanied Shawn Michaels to the ring for his magic against Sid? Both of y'all were right. It was, in fact, the legendary Jose Lothario. He also trained Shawn, also, uh, trained Shawn Michaels as well. Uh, number seven, who drew number one the Royal Rumble? Both of y'all were right. It was, in fact, Crush. He was eliminated. He was over. He lasted to six over six minutes in the ring before being eliminated by Phineas Godwin. And believe it or not, Ahmed Johnson was number two behind Crush. Number eight, how many superstars did Stone Cold eliminate from the 97 Royal Rumble? Uh, both of y'all were correct. It wasn't back ten. He eliminated Phineas Godwin, Bart Gunn, Jack Roberts, Owen Hart, Mark Merrow, Savio Vega, uh, Jesse James, Bret Hart, Vader, and The Undertaker. And it said this was the highest number of eliminations by one individual up until that point. Uh, number nine, who lasted the shortest amount of time? Both of y'all were right. It wasn't back Jerry Lawler. He came in at number 20. He lasted only four seconds before being eliminated by Bret Hart. Bart Gunn also had a short night. He, he only lasted in the ring for 26 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 10, who won the Royal Rumble, it was indeed Stone Cold. Austin had been eliminated by Bret Hart, but the officials didn't see him being eliminated, so Austin was able to sneak back into the ring as if his elimination had never happened. After he came back in the ring, he quickly eliminated The Undertaker, Vader, and Bret Hart to win the Royal Rumble. So, guys, there you have it there. Believe it or not, both of y'all got all ten questions right. I was the only one. Actually, I got nine of ten right. Well, yeah, but I mean... Yeah. But 
But but still, I mean, that said nonetheless, there. I mean, you took you took part in this too. So there, mm-hmm. so there you have, it. there you have it. And and ladies and gentlemen, I do have to step away for just one second here. Uh, JD, if you don't mind, sir, give him the, uh, a quick plug here a little bit. And uh, anything else you want to discuss, go ahead and do so. I will return momentarily. Okay. One seven two four 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 seventy forty four. Caller ID one three eight five two one pound. This is Thursday, January twenty fifth, ladies and gentlemen, twenty eighteen. Three days before the Rumble, and of course this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check out at five p.m. the pre-show, of course, with the Gang of Revolution, however, and all of us here. We might have some bets along the way as well, however, and maybe give you our paints of the Rumble. Also, this Saturday night possibly could have a very special edition of Takeover. You never know. However, it could be. A takeover of epic proportions, however. But we will let you know if there will be the king of uh, kings, if you will. And, of course, the Iceman calling the action from the Wells Fargo Arena this Saturday night. So be sure to check that out. We might be doing a very special edition live of uh, Revolution this coming Saturday night. You never know with the whole thing involving NXT TakeOver Philly. Now, this Monday, ladies and gentlemen, we will also talk about, ladies and gentlemen, on Raw Radio, the aftermath of the Rumble. What did happen in Philadelphia? We'll give you our thoughts, however, as well as the Rumble. And yes, we will talk more, of course, about what Monday Night Raw could be like, of course, coming up following WrestleMania, or excuse me, not WrestleMania, uh, the Royal Rumble. What is next, however? Well, we'll give you our thoughts, of course, be sure to join John, myself, uh, Disney, uh, Fonzie, possibly King NWO, George T. Smith, and Al Snake, and Al Patel, and the rest of the gang, as it promised to be a very action packed show. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, thank you very much there, J.D. Uh, we're right in the nick of time there. You can't. Uh, uh, let's see. We do have time here. We can do another one here. Uh, and most of the Royal Rumble trivia sets are... I only have about ten questions. I'd like to try to find one with... with mm. uh, Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Uh, here's one here. Uh, someone says it's got a quiz here about relatives who have entered the Royal Rumble match from between when it started in '88 through 2012. Hmm. That's like 15 questions in that. That'd be a good one. Okay, let's do that. My relative also entered a Royal Rumble match. Is the name of the set? 15 questions here, guys. Okay. Uh, uh, let's see here. Okay. And the average score is 9 out of 15. So, All right. I guys, I wish you both luck here with that. So let's give this a try. And we got to wait a minute because John had to go, had to once again take Tom Brady to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Speaking of football, J.D., while we're waiting here, let, 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 let me, let me, let me yeah. get the facts clarified on this. Sure. Um, and John said he's going to hold it, but I want to mention, ask you one quick thing about this. Sure. Who officially is in the Super Bowl? The Eagles and the Patsies. Or, in other words, the Patriots. Yeah. Um, okay. Is Tom Brady expected to play in, in the Super Bowl? More than likely. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you 
if you ever if you ever have heard anything about maybe uh, what, what is that I wanted to say, what is that I wanted to say um, um, the odds whatever on oh, the point spread point point spread odds whatever what have you but what are a lot of people saying about the outcome of the, of the Super Bowl this year? The odds are they're saying New England is a six-point favorite right now, however, at the moment. Uh, but uh, there was reports, however, that a while ago they even said, however, on YouTube, however, I don't know if it's been confirmed to any other places, but they said that this past year the NFL kind of did rig, however, some of the games, however, mind you, this past year. Mm. Yep. And you're going to love hearing this. Uh, and this is, if Michelle was here, she wouldn't like this, but I know I'm going to love hearing this. So there has been talk, however, and I will mention it tomorrow night to Michelle, that there could be a match in the works at WrestleMania. There has been early talk about it, though. It could be everyone's favorite, The Wiz versus Braun Strowman. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So, Miz, guess what? Have your little fun now, buddy boy, because guess what? You're going to get your ass handed to you in the Big Easy. And believe me, you might as well go back, however, and start basically uh, cleaning yourself up because you're going to be left in a heap all over the Superdome. And speaking of which, however, I think I heard that when I was watching Total Divas last night, there was talk, however, that I think uh, Maurice is supposed to have the baby that weekend. WrestleMania weekend. Hmm. If that happens, then more power to him. Yep. Okay. All right, here we go. Here with the questions here, guys. John said he's going to hold us. So let's go ahead and get things going here. Question number one. In 1988, two stepbrothers entered the Royal Rumble match. Who were they? Was it Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, B. Brian Blair and Jim Brunzel, or Zukov and Nikolai Brokov, or Jake Roberts and Sam Houston. I'm, I'm going to say Jake and Sam Houston. John? John's also going to say Jake and Sam. We'll go ahead and put that down right here. Question number two. In the 1989 Royal Rumble match, the father entered at number 30 and was the runner-up to Big John Studd. In the 2009 Royal Rumble match, the son was one of the last four participants remaining. Who was this father-son duo? Was it Bob and Randy Orton, Kurt Henning and Michael McGillicuddy, Dusty and Cody Rhodes, or Ted DiBiase Sr. and Jr.? J.D. I'm going to say Kurt and uh, uh, I'm going to say Bob and Randy Orton. You're going to say the Ortons. All right, uh, John. And John's saying the DiBiase's. So let's see. Hmm. Let's see where this will end up at. End up with the DiBiase. We'll, we'll go with that, and we'll let you know what the right answer is in just a moment. All right, question number three. These two brothers challenged for the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team titles at the 1994 Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Despite losing the tag team match, they both entered the Royal Rumble match later that night. Who are these brothers? Was it Brett and Owen Hart, Samu and Fatu, Rick and Scott Steiner, or Mabel and Moe? J.D.? I'm going to say Brett and Owen. And Brett and Owen. Uh, John? 
And John's also going to say the hearts. Okay, we'll say that right there. Question number four. In the 1990 Royal Rumble match, the father entered at number 30 and was the runner-up to Hulk Hogan. In the 2011 Royal Rumble match, the son entered as a member of the new Nexus at number 13. Who was his father-son duo? What year was, was the first one? At 1990 Royal Rumble match. In the father- and then 2013. Okay, okay, yeah. Yes. Okay. Who was his father-son duo? Was it DiBiase Sr. and Jr., Dusty and Cody Rhodes? Mike Rotunda and Husky Harris, or Kurt Henning and Michael McGillicuddy? I'm going to say Rotunda and Husky Harris. Rotunda and Husky Harris. Okay, John. All right, John is going with Henning and McGillicuddy. So we'll have to do this again. Wait, hold on, hold on. It didn't land on what I wanted to. Hang on a second. I mean, it, 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 I, um, I went a little bit too fast. Sorry about that, guys. Let me just try it one more time. All right, we're going with uh, we have Kurt Henning and Michael McGillicuddy, okay? And we'll let you know what was correct here in just a second. Question number five. Jay Uso entered the 2012 Royal Rumble match at number 24. His father, Salafa Fatu, was a veteran of Royal Rumble matches, entering other, entering other several different gimmicks. Which gimmick did Salofa Fatu not use as a Royal Rumble entrant? Was it Head Shrinker Fatu, the Sultan, Rikishi or Umaga, JD? Umaga. John. I love that when um, Armando Estrada said his, said his name. Umaga. Yep. Especially the, when he did the. Ooh. I like it when he did that. that was, okay, Umaga, okay. Question number six. Alberto Del Rio won the 2011 Royal Rumble match. His uncle entered the 1997 Royal Rumble match at number 11. Who was Alberto Del Rio's uncle? Was it Piroff, Neil Mascaras, Cibernetico, or Latin Lover? J.D. Mascaras. John. Uh, Jonathan, that would be Neil Mascaras. Okay, we got that right here. Question number seven. In the 94 Royal Rumble match, brothers Scott and Rick Steiner entered at number one and number three, respectively. Oddly enough, another set of brothers entered the 2001 Royal Rumble match at number one and number three. Which set of brothers did this? Was it Hardcore and Crash Holly, Jeff and Matt Hardy, The Undertaker and Kane, or Jamal and Rikishi, J.D.? What year was this again? L1 Royal Rumble. I'm going to say The Undertaker and Kane. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear you. I said I'm going to say Taker and Kane. Taker and Kane, okay. Sorry about that. I actually had a little gas. I didn't, couldn't hear you. <laughs> John is going with the Hardys. Uh, all right, J.D., we're going to go with your answer, and we'll, we'll check that answer here in just a minute. Question number about that. Question number eight. Former National Wrestling Alliance World Heavyweight Champion Dory Funt Jr. entered the 1996 Royal Rumble match at number eight. His brother entered the 1997 and 98 Royal Rumble match. Who was this brother? Was it Jimmy Jack Funk, Terry Funk, 
Flash Funk or Alan Funk? J.D. Terry. Okay. John. And John also says Terry Funk. Okay. Question number nine. Carlos Colon entered the 1993 Royal Rumble match at number 24. Carlos Colon was a, was a successful wrestling promoter in Puerto Rico and patriarch to a talented wrestling family. Several of his children and nephews went on to become professional wrestlers in WWE. Many, how many of his relatives entered a Royal Rumble match between 2004 and 2012? One, three, zero, or two, J.D.? Two. Saying two. John? John also says two as well. Okay. Question number 10. Eddie Guerrero entered the 05 Royal Rumble match at number one and entered in the 03 Royal Rumble match. Royal Rumble match at number 14. Eddie's nephew also have, had also participated in the Royal Rumble match on multiple occasions. Who was this nephew? Mondo, Chavo Jr., Gory, or Hector? J.D.? Chavo. John? Ooh, Chavo. Chavo de la Mundo. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't get that. <laughs> Uh, John also says Chavo, okay? Question number 11. Husky Harris entered the 2012 Royal Rumble match at number 9. His father played an evil heel wrestler who entered the Royal Rumble matches in 92 and 93. Was it IRS, the Berserker, the Million Dollar Man, or the Model, J.D.? Who was it again? Sorry. Husky Harris entered the 2012 Royal Rumble match at number 9. His father played an evil heel wrestler who mentored the Royal Rumble matches in 92 and 93. Was it IRS? The IRS. Okay. IRS. John? Uh, yeah, John? John? No, uh, yeah, John? <laughs> I don't know why IRS is not in the Hall of Fame. He needs to be in there, too. Okay, IRS, both of y'all, okay. Question number 12. This brother team made their WWF pay-per-view debut in the 95 Royal Rumble match. Who were they? Was it Henry and Phineas Godwin, Timothy Well and Stephen Dunn, Eli and Jacob Blue, or Jimmy Del Rey and Tom Pritchard? J.D. I'm going to say Del Rey and Pritchard. Okay, John. And now John's asking me and you, J.D., if we both paid our taxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll be paying it soon, John, yeah. Um, and let's see. You said Delray and Pritchard, J.D.? Yes. Uh, John is saying Jacob and Eli Blue. So let's see. Okay, J.D., we're going to go with Delray and Pritchard. Let's see what we'll see what... We'll try the answers here in just a bit. All right, question number thirteen. Dashing Cody Rhodes was in the final was one of the final four participants in the '09 Royal Rumble match. 
Cody Rhodes had several relatives enter the Royal Rumble match between 1988 and 2012. How many of Cody's relatives entered the Royal Rumble match between 1988 and 2012? Three, four, one, or two, J.D.? Two. Say two. John? Not that. John also says two, and we'll say two. All right. Question number in 2001, the Honky Tonk Man entered the Royal Rumble match at number 12. <laughs> the Honky Tonk Man's second cousin had just been eliminated from the match. Who was the second cousin of the Honky Tonk Man who, who had just been eliminated? Was it Al Snow, Jerry Lawler, Scotty Too Hottie, or Grandmaster Sexay? J.D.? I want to say Grandmaster Sexay. Honky Tonk Man's second cousin. Yeah, Grandmaster Sexay. But you're saying Grandmaster Sexay, okay. John? John's also saying Grandmaster. Okay. And question number 15. The 1996 Royal Rumble match saw an appearance by a tag team consisting of twin brothers Manuel and Victor Santiago. What was the name given to this tag team? Was it the Ding Dongs, Los Conquistadores, the Squat Team, or the pit bulls, JD. I want to say the SWAT team. The SWAT team, okay. Yeah, the SWAT as in SWAT rest. SWAT, yeah. And John's also saying the SWAT team. Um, okay, let's check the answers, guys, and see how we did here. Uh, All right. 1988, two stepbrothers into the Royal Rumble match. It was indeed Jake Roberts and our good friend Sam Houston. They were the sons of former professional wrestler Grizzly Smith. Jake Roberts entered at number five in the 88 Royal Rumble match and lasted almost 22 minutes. Sam Houston entered at number eight in the 88 Royal Rumble match and lasted over 14 minutes. So both did pretty well in that one. Okay. In the 89 Royal Rumble match, uh, Let's see, father entered at number 30 in 09. The son entered was one of the last four participants. It was indeed DiBiase Sr. and Jr. DiBiase Sr. entered the Royal Rumble match in 89, 90, 92, and 93. Ted DiBiase Sr. was a runner-up in the 89 match. Ted DiBiase Jr. entered Royal Rumble match in 2009, 10, and 11, and was one of the last four participants remaining in the 09 Royal Rumble match. Uh, number three, these two brothers challenged for the tag team titles at the 94 Royal Rumble. They both entered the Royal Rumble match despite losing the tag match. It was indeed Brett and Owen Hart. <clears throat> let's see here. Question number four. Uh, let's see, number four, I think uh, the answer to this one, guys, I'll tell you, it was Michael McGillicuddy and Kurt Henning, believe it or not. Michael McGillicuddy entered the 2011 Royal Rumble match at number 13 and lasted 15 minutes. His father, Mr. Perfect, entered the Royal Rumble match in 89, 90, 91, 93, and 2002. Mr. Perfect was the runner-up in the 1990 match and, in the last, and one of the last four participants in the 02 match. Uh, of course, number five, 
Uh, the only gimmick that Sawapa Fatu did not use as a Royal Rumble entrant, your, your indeed, was Umaga. Umaga was Fatu's brother. Umaga entered the Royal Rumble in 08 and 03 under the name Jamal. Sawapa Fatu entered the 93 and 94 Royal Rumble match as Head Shrieker Fatu, entered the 97 Royal Rumble match as the Sultan, and also entered the Royal Rumble matches from 2000 to 2004 as Rikishi. Fatu also entered the 96 Royal Rumble match under the Make a Difference Fatu gimmick. Hmm. Number six, Alberto Del Rio's uncle, of course, was Neil Masteros. Uh, in the 2001 Royal Rumble match, another set of, a set of brothers entered at number one and number three. Uh, JD, you said the Undertaker and Kane. John said the Hardys. It was the Hardys, believe it or not. Um, Jeff entered the, the 01 Royal Rumble match at number one, and Matt Hardy entered that same one at number three. They eliminated each other by accident six minutes into the match. Number eight, um, <clears throat> Terry Funk was the one that was in the 97 and 98 Royal Rumble match. Number nine, how many relatives did Carlos Colon uh, have uh, uh, entered the Royal Rumble match between t- 2004 and 2012. Both you and John said two. Believe it or not, it was three. Believe it or not. Uh, believe it or not, Carlos Colon's son, of course, Carlito, entered the Royal Rumble matches from 06 to 2010. Carlos's son, Primo, and his nephew, Epico, entered the 2012 Royal Rumble match. I forgot about... I was thinking of uh, Carlito and Primo. I forgot about Epico. Huh. Number 10, uh, of course, Eddie's uh, nephew, of course, is, uh, we all know as Chavo, Chavo Guerrero. Uh, Chavo had a memorable spot in the 2011 Royal Rumble match as he honored his late, uh, late Uncle Eddie by performing Eddie's Three Amigos move on Daniel Bryan. I think he did that, tried doing that on a bunch of other guys, but he got stopped several different times. <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, question number 11. Uh, Husky Harris, of course, his father entered entered the Royal Rumble matches in 1993. It was indeed IRS, of course, Mike Rotunda. Uh, number 12. This brother team made their pay-per-view debut in the 95 Royal Rumble match. Uh, see, J.D., you said Jimmy Del Rey and Tom Pritchard. John said Ekip and Eli and Jacob Blue. It was, in fact, the Blue... Uh, Eli and Jacob Blue, believe it or not. Eli and Jacob Blue made their world, their WWF pay-per-view debut in the 95 Royal Rumble match. Eli entered the match at number three, and Jacob entered at number 14. These brothers returned to the WWF in 1997 as members of the Disciples of Apocalypse Stable and entered the 1998 Royal Rumble match. Of course, I think we better knew them as the Harris brothers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, number 13, uh, how many relatives did Cody Rhodes have enter the Royal Rumble between 88 and 2012? Uh, we, we, J.D., you and John said two. And you're not going to believe this, guys. The answer was actually four. Let me tell you, let me tell you who, who they are. Of course, Cody's father, the American dream, if you will, Jesse Rhodes, entered the 1990 Royal Rumble match at number 10. Cody's brother, Goldust, entered the 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2003, 2006, and 2009 Royal Rumble matches. 
I did not know this, but Cody's uncle, Fred Ottman, of course, who was known as Tugboat and Typhoon, entered the 91 Royal Rumble match, was under the gimmick Tugboat, and, and entered the 93 Royal Rumble match under Typhoon. I did not know that. And get this, I didn't even know this either. Cody's other uncle, Jerry Sags of um, the Nasty Boys, entered the 92 and 93 Royal Rumble matches. I did not know that Tugboat and Jerry Sags were, were uncles. Of, both of them were uncles of Cody Rhodes. I did not know that. Huh. Man, we learn something new here each and every time. Uh, number 14, uh, who was the second cousin of the Honky Tonk Man. And this is why I heard this kind of blew my mind right here. Y'all were right. It was, in fact, Grandmaster Sexay. It was the son of Jerry Lawler and the second cousin of the Honky Tonk Man. Grandmaster Sexay drew number 11 in the 01 Royal Rumble match and was eliminated from the match by Kane just seconds before the Honky Tonk Man came to the ring. I did not know that. I did not know that. I'm serious. I had no idea. And number 15, the 96 run home match saw an appearance by the twin brothers, the Santiago brothers, Manuel and Victor. They were actually called, believe it or not, the Squat Team, S-Q-U-A-T, in the WWF. They entered the 1996 Royal Rumble match. They competed internationally as a professional wrestling tag team under the name The Headhunters. And believe it or not, y'all got the average score was 9 out of 15. Y'all got 11 of them right. Fine job, guys. Fine job indeed. And it looks like we're not going to have um, anybody else pop on here this evening. Uh, we were hoping to hear from a couple other folks, but uh, I guess something else came up and they were not going to be able to make it here tonight. So on that note, J.D., anything else, sir, you wish to add? No, uh, let's just get ready for tomorrow night. And uh, as I said last night, and to quote Frago uh, and Rocky Four, Michelle, I must break you. <laughs> okay. Okay. And John's already left for the evening, but he said he had nothing else to add, and he will be on here on Revolution tomorrow night. On that note here, folks, I do want to thank the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, the Human Space Machine, John Gross, and also a brief visit by the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach. I want to thank him for joining us here tonight for episode 132 of Wolfpack. Tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, as we said, it's be a big time. It'll be a big party tomorrow night on Revolution. Of course, with the addition of our wrestling news and views and history and birthdays, we'll talk a little bit more about the Royal Rumble coming up on Sunday, well, on Sunday including, of course, getting predictions from J.D. and John uh, from uh, for uh, <clears throat> uh, the NXT show this Saturday night, as well as of course Royal Rumble this Sunday. Uh, hopefully, we'll probably get some predictions in by Ann as well. Uh, so <clears throat> be sure to join us for that. Also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, our two big moments of tomorrow night will be, of course, <clears throat> will be of course the AWA uh, US World Heavyweight Championship matchup under Wrestling Jeopardy rules as the Iceman Jared Drama will be defending the title against the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds. And also tomorrow night will be our official announcement of the inductees of the WCW U.S. Hall of Fame class of 2018. So be sure to join us all for that. It will be a fun time tomorrow night here on Revolution. 
for the Iceman, Jared D. Geronimo, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, and the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw saying thank you very much for joining us here tonight, and we will join you tomorrow night on the Friday edition of Revolution. Wolfpack, of course, is a broadcast of the WWUS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com, where we are two years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. <clears throat> so everyone, please take care of yourselves out there and each other. We will see you in the ring. And as always here in the WWUS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com, God bless everyone, and have a terrific evening. Good night, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.